Hi, Miss Bianca. Hi. How are you? You didn't say my name. Now no one will know who I am. <laughs> Ellie. <laughs> Hi, Miss Ellie. <laughs> Hi. By the way, I could tell him in your face right when I said it that you were not happy with the fact that I didn't say your name. I know. I'm so transparent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, What's going on? Today we're talking about breasts. Yes. We like to talk about breasts a lot. I feel like it's a it's a common topic on our show. We started we started this this podcast almost a year ago, by the way. Crazy. Uh, with you talking about how you would just wean breastfeeding and all and had droplets coming out of your nipples in the shower. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Uh-huh. Wow. <laughs> and now I just finished it's nuts. Are you getting circle. droplets? I, I'm not. No. I actually can I. I actually squeeze them sometimes to see if anything's still coming out. It's kind of really not. They're they're done. They're done. They haven't totally deflated yet, though. You're lucky. Maybe they won't. God, what if they don't? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Okay. Anyway, talk about our guest. Okay. Our guest is Corky Harvey. She is the co-founder of the Pump Station and Nurtery. So some of you guys have listened to our Wendy Haldeman episode entitled "Breast Friends." Uh, and if you haven't listened to it, go subscribe on iTunes because if you subscribe, you can search our whole archive and find that episode because that one's wonderful. And so today it's Corky, co-founder of Pump Station and Nurturey. She is registered nurse with a master's degree in maternal newborn nursing from the University of Maryland. She is an international board certified lactation consultant and she loves to sing and is a member of an international championship women's barbershop Chorus, That's the best part. Which I can't <laughs> wait to talk to her about. And so we're going to talk to her today about nursing and about, you know, all the stuff that's going on on social media right now in yep. regards to breastfeeding. There, just a few days ago, there was a BBC DJ, Alex Dyke, who was suspended over breastfeeding remarks. And this guy's a real jerkwad. And so right now we're going to play for you a little clip of what he said on his radio show. Producer Alan and I, we're after the yummy mummies on this show. And you wouldn't get yummy mummies. You wouldn't get wags breastfeeding in public. The, I don't, it's not the best part. It's the worst part is I blame the Earth Mothers. You know... The ones, I mean, the ones with the mustaches, the ones who work in libraries, the ones, I mean, he just keeps going on. It's like, who, what are you talking about? He's insane. Um, I, I love the yummy mummy comment. Mm-hmm. I think we should all make yummy mummy <laughs> t-shirts because he's basically <laughs> saying that if you're not attractive, then you breastfeed in public, but the attractive moms, which he calls yummy mummies, they would never breastfeed in public that it's always the ugly ones who breastfeed in public i mean this person should be we should just dig okay, a hole well, and put him he, in it here's the thing he's not well or just not smart he's a shock jock yeah and and i do think that sometimes they get off on you know saying those things um uh, just to exactly do that and to be controversial um but it's it, it's idiotic what he's saying i mean it it is there there, he makes no sense first of all and um secondly it's just it's totally pathetic and um and and horrible i mean you're you're sound you sound completely uneducated and you are are talking about a general group i i always feel like anytime you start to make generalizations you're in the wrong Except for a few things, but I'm not going to get into those. 
Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Unless Bianca's generalizing. Unless I'm generalizing. <laughs> no, there's there's a few that I think hold true, but uh, we won't go there. Um, I mean, what do you think? What do you? What are your feelings well, on this? It freaks me out that people think this way because I'm sure he's not the only one. I mean, and oftentimes we see on social media, you know, moms nursing in the photos and trying to make a stance. And then there are other people that say, well, that's crazy because obviously it's fine to nurse. Like, get off your high horse. Nobody's saying you can't nurse in public. Right. And then there are examples again and again and again, like this jerk who proved that like it's still an issue that there are but, people who think that you listen, have to just stay home if you're going to nurse like listen. you just stay home and you keep it out of their eyesight because it's disgusting is what he, they think. he completely discredited himself within the first six words which is saying breastfeeding was unnatural right there you are you've lost everyone because that's it's scientifically untrue. So we're going to discuss that. And we're going to discuss other <laughs> social media uh, breastfeeding controversies. controversies with our special guest, Corky Harvey. And we will be right back. We're going to have to edit this. Hello, Corky. Hello. First, I have to ask you about being a member of an international championship women's barber shop chorus. Yeah, pretty awesome, huh? What is that about? <laughs> well, that's my fun thing. That's my mental health. Yeah, I sing in a chorus down in Orange County called Harbor Lights, and we've won the international contest twice, and we were third last time in. And it's what's so cool about it is that, first of all, it's singing, and that's I've sung all my life, and I love it. And it's a group of women that range... Currently, in the, the age of my chorus ranges from 15, I think 16 now, to 83. And these women all support each other through thick and thin. Somebody's sick, somebody's partner dies, somebody, there's, everybody's all over it. And then we sing together, and it's all a cappella, and, and there's a, an art form. It's an art form, an American art form, and you got to get every chord just right or it doesn't ring, and that's the whole potential. So it can make hair stand up on your arms and head when it rings right. So that's what everybody's working toward. And you don't even have to have a musical background. You don't have to read. Everything's done for us online, and we download it and learn it, and it's really cool. You should come to the show. I would love to come yeah. to the yeah. show. September. We'll post it on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's going to be in the uh, Carpenter Auditorium at Long Beach. Uh, in Long Beach, it's awesome. The fr- and great. some fabulous guest quartet, a men's international champion. That's hilarious, and and we get to dress up. We wear eyelashes and sparkly costumes, <laughs> and we dance, and Whoa. it's really fun. See, because I always thought of barbershop like chorus. Would I thought I think of men, right? I think of like it the was originally. Candy stri- or not, yeah, I want to say candy the bo- stripe, but like tie. the idea of like yeah. the red and white, yeah, yeah striped and a boater yeah. hat and yeah, mustaches, yeah. It's but gotten got well beyond that. Yeah, it's well beyond that. Yeah, the last champion um, was from Canada, and the one before that, for that, before that, was from Sweden. So it's truly international, and fun, really fun. That's yeah. great. God. Well, we were lucky enough to have your co-founder Wendy Haldeman on a couple months ago, yep. and our get our listeners loved that episode. And so we are thrilled to have you here today to discuss nursing 
We want some tricks for nursing and we want to talk about, it's like social media right now. Breastfeeding is on fire. Fire. I think it's great. Finally, (laughs) on fire. When did you start the pump station with Wendy? Oh, gosh. I think my credential's 86, and we were renting pumps prior to that time. So I don't remember the... I never remember dates, but I met Wendy when my youngest child was a baby in in a Lamaze teacher's group, and he's now turning 33 in September. So we first started teaching together um, a baby care class, and then we started renting pumps for the Lamaze organization out of our kitchens both realized we needed more information. And about that time, the lactation field was growing and there was a a credential you could get through UCLA. And so we went and got that one. And uh, that was before IBCLC even existed. We were CLCs, Certified Lactation Consultants. And it just exploded for us. And so we opened 200 square feet and then 400 and then, you know, up the road a little bit till it is what it is now. We've actually gone backwards a little bit because, because of the internet. Um, and in order to stay afloat, we have to be able to sell product enough to keep the stores open. And we're doing that. I mean, social media is helping us a lot, too, trying to get the word out and uh, and so forth. So um, we both went back and took our test and became IBCLCs when that became the thing to do. So we're both RNs by basic profession. I, we both have master's degrees in maternal newborn. So we were a perfect fit for the situation as it exploded. Plus, we both breastfed our kids. So... <laughs> Did you have you noticed a big change from in the past 10 or 15 years in terms of mothers talking about breastfeeding or saying, you know, this is normal or Well, maybe because I'm steeped in it all day, every day, and have been talking that talk since the beginning. And I've done the support groups all along. And the support groups are smashing. It's so much fun to do them. We turned somebody away this week because we're we're so full. I went to yours. Uh, And they're fun, aren't they? They're just wonderful. And you saved me. And everyone who's listened to the Windy Ones already heard this story. But... I asked you about my baby's green poop and because I was told, well, maybe you're allergic to dairy. Maybe my baby's allergic to dairy and stuff. I actually am allergic to dairy. But anyway, um, you said, well, maybe it's you have too much Uh and that solved it yeah and she stopped crying and her poops weren't green anymore and my pediatrician did not tell me that corky told me that (laughs) well and that's that's the thing that we see all the time we see a lot of misinformation coming from the medical health care uh the physicians particularly they don't mean to but they're not taught it and they're not taught management of breastfeeding they get the physiology but so little of it, I mean, they just know basically how make it, milk is made, but not how to manage breastfeeding. In fact, there was a, a study I just read last week. I did a lecture for UCLA um, for uh, awareness, Breastfeeding Awareness Week on why breastfeeding is good for women. And so I was doing a lot of looking around on, at articles, and I found an article where a Canadian researcher actually measured the knowledge of pediatricians and family practice. They flunked the test. Oh, my goodness. They all did. I mean, they just didn't know enough. So we see a lot of that. And I see it as OBs are here taking care of women, and or as you were talking about with your last person, midwifery or whatever, that birth process. And then there's pediatricians taking care of babies, but there's nobody covering the gap in the middle of, of the feeding issues, um, and breastfeeding particularly. So lactation consultants serve that role. And a lot of people don't know about us. I mean, still in this city, which is a sort of a mecca with the air, certain areas. I mean, you know, the west side of L.A. has the highest breastfeeding rates in the county of L.A. We like to think it's because we're there, but... Um, <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. that's partial because certainly the doctors sure. all know who we are and they oh, send yeah. patients. But still, we just did a big PR thing and put out little things that they could bring back and get. And we're not getting them back because the doctors are just not involved in the referral. I'm sh- that there's that's exceptions. There's exceptions, of because course. I feel like a lot of doctors. Oh, I'm gonna get. They only I'm have. Get, they only I have just 15 got the tingles minutes. in my stomach. I'm like, I'm about to say something inflammatory, but. They don't do that, but they're pretty quick to give you the samples of formula, in my personal experience. Yeah. Because they only have 15 minutes, 20 minutes, in some cases much more. And we do see many supportive pediatricians where we are. Uh, We've even got some that have gone and taken the coursework and become pretty spectacular um, with their patients and breastfeeding. And that's we wish they all would. Yeah, we just wish they would all say, go see somebody. You know, there's evidence-based information that women who seek the help of a lactation consultant within the first few weeks after birth are going to be more successful. So why isn't everybody doing that? Um, it would be so helpful to moms and babies if they really wanted to do this, which Will I think they do. insurance cover that at all? You know, I'm not big on what they do and don't do because we don't <clears throat> accept that. Um, but a lot of people are telling us that they, we give them a super bill and then they send it back to the insurance. You know, this whole insurance thing, paying for breast pumps, did not really help breastfeeding. Because a lot of people don't know how to use the pumps and they're, they're going to send it down the line to a lower quality pump real soon. I can see that coming. Um, but... Uh, it would be great if they would say, hey, we'll pay for, and some of them do, pay for six lactation visits. And But you'd be amazed when I go to teach a big breastfeeding class at UCLA Santa Monica, I'll, I'll have parents that don't even know that they could have gotten their pump. They haven't contacted. So there's not a lot of word out there. But the insurance companies are kind of all over the place right now, so it's hard to know exactly what to teach people. You know what's really interesting, too, just talking about what the knowledge and what's out there, what um, traveling traveling with milk um i your baby with milk milk without your baby if you have to pump while you're on the road i um i just traveled uh recently and i wanted to be able to pump and bring back everything that i had right and um they told me i couldn't take it through the tsa told me you can't you know you have to have the baby with you and i i was horrified I was horrified but luckily it was on my way where I was going so I only had a little bit of milk and when I arrived at my destination I did research and the guy didn't know what he was talking about that's true so we tell everybody to go on the TSA website and download today's rules yeah and carry them with you so you go hey dude uh, because he was very certain about this and I think this is just an example of what you're talking about what I'm talking about on a large level is we we need to arm ourselves with the information and I think that's what's great about the pump station um is that it's a place to go for people to find that information and you can also obviously find information on the internet but it's hard because you you've looked to your the people in your life doctors uh you know tsa people at the airport anyone that you is a is a a figure of authority to have the answers and they sometimes just don't know well wouldn't it be great if every ob said listen as you're uh, getting toward term you need to know where your helpers are where are the lactation people you want to connect with yeah so have that phone number with you um there's just not that commitment to it i guess they're concentrating on something else because um, we don't see that kind of commitment. So it is, that's why social media could be so critical because it is mother to mother to mother to mother and more than than having yeah. our healthcare professionals guide us to these things. Um, there's a an article that was in uh, Time Magazine uh, called Social Media is Helping Moms Win the War Over Public Breastfeeding. And 
there was one example uh, I'll read. It says, nothing shows the strange ways in which we view women's bodies like the Hooters employee who took to Twitter just this week to disparage a breastfeeding mother for taking out her breast <laughs> to feed her baby. Others jumped in to defend her. And so it's all these examples of like how when women are being publicly shamed about breastfeeding that the women are able to go on social media and be like, hey, no, this is right. like, screw Especially you. Especially Hooters, could I? I know, I mean, that is the best <laughs> example ever. I mean, can Well, there's another one. I had a woman kicked out of Victoria's Secret. Good God, are you kidding me? And everything is there. It's nipple city. Um, and yet we're not supposed to feed our babies. So, yeah, I think I think social media so. is going to have a huge effect on women's confidence in nursing and what the law is and where. I mean, you know, you can nurse anywhere you want. I, we talk a lot about, you know, in support group, we talk about you got to have a ready answer that says, you know, that you're so you're not thrown off guard when somebody says something to you. You've got that answer kind of ready. What would be a good answer? For moms oh gosh! Wondering. Well, one of my moms said, you know, in simple, it's f you. Yeah. Um, but um, for somebody else, it might be something like, well, interestingly, I'm eating, you're eating, baby's got to eat, uh, and this is uh, this is a normal thing to do. So um, if you don't care for it, uh, you can go. Hey, I had an experience Saturday night. I was in a tiny restaurant down on the coast highway, and in my line of sight was a couple making out, and they were not young. They were old enough to be a little more discreet about public display of affection. Um, and I wasn't offended at the same time. I almost asked to move because it was bothering me a little bit. So I feel, I mean, it just was uncomfortable. It's like they were just about ready to lay down on the bench here. <laughs> and, and it was like, yeah, I'm trying to eat here. And, but, and then I thought, well, what, how's that different? Um, although they could have gone somewhere else to make out rather than a public place. But a baby breastfeeding is such a beautiful thing. Um, and, you know, I, I never thought I would ever nurse in public. My oldest kid is 42. So I never thought I would. And two weeks later, I was touring around because my mother was visiting from out of town. We lived in D.C. at the time, and we were taking her to see the Capitol and stuff. I was nursing everywhere in two weeks. And I had a cute little cape that I had. It was winter. I would just tuck my baby <laughs> under so that cape, and we would nurse everywhere. So um, I don't think people understand that when they say, you know, they should just do it at home. I don't think they, they don't get it. They don't get that the kid has to eat all the time. All and the that time. If you only fed at home, you would only stay at home because you wouldn't be able to go out into the world at all. Well, and you can stand at a checkout stand and see more breasts than you see when somebody's yeah, breastfeeding. So and I, I think it's odd that it's the baby's eating and that's what bothers people. Just really, I don't, I don't know exactly the answers, but I call them stop volley answers. Like when somebody said to me, um, how long are you going to breastfeed that kid? I would My mom said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> the answer for me was I'm going to wean him before he goes to college. <laughs> so I, I think that they need to find those kind of answers that work for, for them. And, and then you just use them. So it's kind of funny and not mean-spirited and not angry, but it's just kind of like, yeah. I have a friend I've been friends with for years. She's quite a bit older than I am. And she continues to tell me how disgusting breastfeeding is. And I like, just... I'm the CEO of Pump Station. <laughs> and I just say to her, you know what? Um, you, you, you need to study it before you criticize it. Know what difference it can make in the health of children and in mothers. If, if, if we all breastfed down a long road, so well, we don't know what the long road is, but we know that any breastfeeding is helpful, and the more the better for some of these diseases for women. Uh, even cardiovascular disease and diabetes are reduced significantly, not just breast cancer and ovarian cancer, but even so. I mean, my God, 
if you could live a longer life because you breastfed, wouldn't you choose to do that if at all possible? Absolutely. A longer, healthier life. It's just not about the baby's health. So I think social media is great. I, I love the, the one with the young African-American woman who was graduating and she was nursing in her cap and gown. Yes, I that saw was that a long huge, time ago. That she, blew up social media. Plus, it helped African American women, which are it. one of the lowest breastfeeding rates in this country, are the African American women. They're not getting the support they need. To, so, to see a fellow woman do this and and the whole social media go crazy. And there were so many haters about it. Oh, don't you think? And I'm going to. Uh, walk a very fine balancing t- act on a on a tightrope right now because it's a it's a very specific thing that I have to say but don't you think there is a there is a difference though there are some people out there who are are very they flaunt it they they are I feel like it's it's about your intention if for me my daughter wouldn't be covered. She couldn't be covered. She would it would nothing to do with a blanket over her head. Well, or most babies hate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not gonna. It's hot. You know, I don't want to make smashed up against my boob with a hot blanket over her. And so, very quickly, I was just like, I don't care. I'm gonna have to deal with dirty looks, and I did. Um, however, I there is a centeredness, and most people I see who are breastfeeding are going about their business. You do see those people every once in a while who you can tell are doing it in situations where they're trying to push the buttons. Oh, I agree with that. They're, they're, making, they're trying making to make a, a state political. Yeah. yeah. And it, and then I think in those moments, it feels, it feels something icky about it, I guess, because it feels like it's taking away from the natural beauty of what it is. And yet I bet there's a lot of women that you see all the time that you don't even know they're nursing because they are, they're um, just sitting with their legs crossed, babies like in the crook of their arm. Yeah. And you don't, they're not, maybe not even covered. You know, in my day we didn't have covers and I would try to use like a little burp diaper or something. My kids didn't like it either, but I learned how to wear certain clothing that I, my whole back wasn't hanging out in the breeze. And right. I just, now the tank tops, my daughter just nursed both her kids for two and a half years and her, well, her oldest so cute by 18 months he would point to a chair in the park or a bench <laughs> and tell her to sit down and then throw her the sign for nursing and uh, so and she just couldn't he was all over the place there was no real discreet but she you learn how to as they pop off to just have your shirt just plops yeah. down real quick or she wore a tank top every day nobody ever saw her nipples yeah it was it was uh it was there's a way to do it in a discreet way usually that makes you feel comfortable too right but there are those uh, that i suppose are waving a flag and trying yeah to... i think so my um my uh, wardrobe girls from um a show that i was on called rules of engagement they actually created they would take two tank tops they would buy like a cheap one at um target and they would cut one in half and have that underneath so you could literally just just your boot yep. pop out right there. Yeah, that's what perfect. I'm saying. I, I had to be a little creative because we didn't have, I mean, we had nursing bras. They looked like geriatric shoes, but <laughs> we, we didn't have anything to help with discretion at all. Now we've got everything, everything. We've got the tank tops and nursing tops. We have the nursing cover-ups that have the boning in them. So your baby doesn't have to feel covered. They can see your face. Yeah. That said, I never used them. I, I was able yeah. to do what you are. I, I Like you did, I just crossed my legs and tucked them in under my shirt and um, the crossing of the legs thing, I remember you saying that in the group <laughs> nursing class, and that was one of the best things. Yeah, I never had advice. a nursing pillow. 
that you ever that I got was yeah. like cross your legs. It's like easier to prop her up. Sometimes I stuck my purse under my arm or my garbage <laughs> bag or something. I just kind of you become in. a magician. You really do, do. in the ways that you can, yeah. uh, you know, squeeze one in here and there. And I, once I <laughs> once I just decided that's the way I was going to do it. There was such freedom in that because. I just, I honestly stopped worrying about what other people were thinking and, um, and it became so much more simple. You don't have to pull the whole sheet out of the bag and all of that stuff. Uh, and you would think here and where we are, we're in Hollywood, Los Angeles, you would think there would never be an issue, but it wasn't about two years ago that the woman got kicked out of, um, the LA County Museum of Art. And then there was a breast in right after that. There was a breast in for the Victoria's Secret one, I know. Yeah. And, wow. um, and, and that breast in, those people all got passes for the rest of their kids' lives to the county, all the really? museums. Yeah. And, uh, Good for the museums. And it was all over the that. media, which was awesome because it said, people, if you work, if you're an employee, you need to know that it's illegal for you to say that you can't breastfeed here. Yeah. Um, and I think it's helped a lot. And I think more and more people are seeing women breastfeed. I think that the big deal is still older kids. Older babies nursing still bothers a lot of people. Um, and I think with time, people will get used to it more and more and more. Okay, let's jump into something that's bothering a lot of people right now, which would be the story of the mother who uh, was breastfeeding her friend's Oh, God, son. I love that story. Um, I actually nursed someone else's child and someone else nursed mine. Really? Yeah. Um, okay, we have to wait. Let me preface this story really fast. A mother was would go to work, and her friend would take care of her both her own child and the working mother's child, and she would nurse them both uh, regularly. And she was at work, and she posted a picture of herself nursing both her well, child and the friend's child. Wet nurse saved our our society. I mean, so do you know that many of those mammy songs written by Al Jolson were from the Deep South when black women nursed all the white women's children. If you were a wealthy plantation owner, you did not nurse your baby. It went to the slave quarter for until it was older, lived there, cared for. And all of a sudden, this is an evil thing. I mean, this has saved our our people. In cultures where babies, mothers die in childbirth, another mother must nurse that child. This is the same for a cow. If her, if her, if her baby, uh, if she dies in childbirth or somehow she can't nurse, those babies are nursed by someone else. So I find it really odd. I think that's the coolest story, that this, this woman would do that. So I did it in an emergency. I had a, a babysitting for a friend of mine who was a Lamaze teacher. And her baby just wouldn't stop crying. And she called and I said, can I nurse this baby? And she said, yes. And the baby looked at me really funny and then latched on and suckled away. And one day I was driving with a group of Lamaze teachers in Pennsylvania on the turnpike. I was driving. My baby was in his car seat in the back seat between two other women. He was screaming and I couldn't get off the turnpike. So the other mother said, can I just lean down and nurse him for a minute? So she undid her bra and nursed him. Those are my only two experiences with it. But it seemed, it, it did seem for just a moment like sleeping with someone else's husband. <laughs> you know, just for just a moment. Um, but honest to God, when you think about it. I was like lucky baby in the back seat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just not. I mean, because we're so tied sexually to the breast, it isn't anything about sexuality. It's about feeding a child. And so wet nursing, I wish we could do it but all the time. I wish there could be more promotion of that kind of thing. Hey, I got a ton of milk and I'm taking in one child. I'd like to breastfeed. You, do you remember Jamie who was on the front of Time Magazine nursing a four-year-old? Yes. Do you know that she nursed an African-American child that she adopted 
um, just about the, the and and the mother she that baby had been in foster care and they had been nursed, and when the baby got to her, she put that baby to breast because she was still nursing. And who Jamie who? She I don't remember her last name, but she was oh, a big oh, controversy. Oh, yes. you was on the cover. Yeah, on the cover of the um, Time Magazine. Time yes, yes, I do remember that. And, uh, she was, lives here locally. She's an huge. amazing woman. Do you... Um, there was also a really quick uh, Salma Hayek when she yes. was on a, a trip. Uh, um, she nursed a child. Yeah, yeah, she nursed a child in, in a... I don't remember where she was. She was in a foreign country. It's so life-saving yeah. to so many kids. I just think this little child is so fortunate. And those little boys are going to be friends for life. It's going to be a great I story. Be really, I'm going to be really honest here. And, and and be open about this because I feel like the more that people can be open and honest about it, the more the discussions. When I first looked at that picture of her nursing the child and the child that wasn't hers, I got uncomfortable. And I said to Ellie, why am I uncomfortable? Oh, well, I, I, it felt, and yeah. then I started reading the words and I was like, it's so silly that I got uncomfortable, but the uncomfortableness comes from the, con- the conditioning. And yes. you know what popped into my head was some silly um, Jim Carrey movie that I watched where a mother is sitting on a park bench nursing her child and the camera cuts away and when it cuts back Jim Carrey is there nursing on the mom's poop and I was like uh, it's yeah. those moments where the you know the sexualization of mm-hmm. of the female it breast is. even when she was doing something like feeding her child but that's what we're fed over and over yes. as we grow up and and in this article uh by Mama Bean for the having to it was posted on the Huffington Post called What Happened When I Posted a Photo of a Mom Breastfeeding Her Friend's Son. She says, for a society that has no issues drinking the milk of another species in their mocha cappuccinos, perhaps it's time to change our general stance towards human babies drinking human milk. It's, that's crazy to me. When I, that was, when I read that comment, I was like, oh, I'm an idiot for being yeah. uncomfortable. Because that's so true. We go to Starbucks perspective. every single day and we get and goat's milk or cow milk. And we're giving babies cow's milk. Um, <laughs> That's designed to make a, ba- a kid grow. Look how fast a cow reaches adult size. Right. Um, a whale, her baby gains seven pounds an hour. Are we going to give a human baby that milk? Mm-hmm. I mean, we really are species specific here. And as she points out in that article, first, breast milk from the mother, if possible. Second, breast milk from another mother. And, you know, it's, it will, it'll be a great day, and it's coming, when we will be able to give all babies in the NICU human milk from milk banks. Um, and right now, those that milk is heat treated, so it loses some of its disease fighting properties. Whereas that baby was getting the whole package with all the antibodies and all the live disease fighting cells straight from the source. Straight from the source, and and so so from another mother or through the breast or what's the difference whether you're doing it at the breast or from a bottle? I mean, as far as the, it, I get the difference sexually yeah. and all that, but honestly. I think I think so much of this is helping to do exactly what it did for you. It's helping to raise our awareness about questioning ourselves on why we think this way. Yeah. Why we think this way? Why do we put uh, especially in a culture where breasts are just everywhere in front of us yeah. on every newsstand, every billboard, just drive down Sunset Boulevard. Walking down the street. I mean, our clothes don't even cover them anymore, and yet we shame people. I mean, that's what the irony of the Hooters story is. Hilarious. The Hooters story is is my fave. I'm so glad. (laughs) (laughs) With moms who are adopting children, Mm -hmm. I've been seeing some stuff about that they're able to also nurse. Sometimes. How does a mom... 
sometimes who hasn't been pregnant like how is she able to get her body to create the milk well it, it depends on on why she's adopting and if she was infertile and how whether she, how successful she will be but there's a protocol that women can download online um, from a site called asklenore.com where they can go on with their doctor's help a pro, uh, some some hormone to make their body feel like it was pregnant so if they know they've got some lead time on when they're going to adopt they can do that and then they start pumping uh, toward the end, like crazy and it stimulates the incoming of milk because all that all that pumping causes the release of the hormones that make us make milk and some women go all the way they can get their milk to go all the way and others don't but um, I had a mom right not long ago that was uh, gonna have uh, adopted twins mm-hmm. and she got busy and she pumped like crazy uh, you know, 12 times a day. And she, by the time she delivered, she had, was getting two ounces each time. Wasn't enough yet, but it was, uh, it was a huge, I had a mom this morning that just popped in to see, asked me a question. It turned out that she'd been working uh, with a consultant who I, I think didn't quite get her diagnosis. Didn't make any difference to how it was treated, but she, she's one of that 5% that had an intrinsic low milk supply called insufficient glandular tissue. And she'd been nursing, her baby's now four months old, she'd been nursing every 40 minutes. Every 40 minutes. And she was willing to do that. And her baby was beautiful and thriving. And we sat and actually measured what her baby took at the breast, took about two ounces. And if she does that every hour, hour and a half, she's going to be fine. And she's been growing well. And uh, this mom wanted to discuss with me sleep training, which I said, ah, your baby needs to feed that often to keep this milk supply where it is. Anyway, so so many women that have to put in that great effort to do. That's like two full-time jobs. (laughs) Yeah. Thank God her baby does a five-hour stretch of sleep at night. Oh, she, okay. Uh, But this mom just wears her baby and nurses this baby. And uh, it's incredible what some women will do. I mean, I told her she needed 60 standing ovations because that was incredible. And if a mom had that kind of experience and was like, well, I, I can't, I'm so depressed because I'm so sleep deprived and I want, I need to get back to my job. Right. What do you, how do you, uh, what do you say to that mama? Who's well, like, we, we I would help her. I can't she might, it. she might do well with a feeding tube where we're actually adding some uh, supplemented milk um, at the breast. If you give a baby who isn't uh, getting a lot of milk at the breast, good flow. If you get them, give them a lot of bottles, they're going to refuse the breast. So if we can keep that milk going at the breast, and if she's at work and the baby has to have a bottle, okay, so you just do the best you can. We would have her pumping in the workplace, but yeah. she can't pump every 40 minutes. How many bottles does it take? I mean, I'm sure every baby's different. But they are. Because I did both. Like I pumped and had bottles. But you didn't do it right away. Nursing. No, I don't remember how many months. Well, we it recommend not more than one bottle a day for the first few months no bottle at all between two and four weeks that's idealism there's reality right 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 um but when so we suggest starting the bottle by the fourth week for sure and then being very fastidious about doing it because if you just say oh good he takes a bottle and then you don't do it for three weeks he might not so uh, there's kind of a fine line and i always say to my classes you know someday you've got a wedding to go to or you have a job interview or you 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 have to go and the baby gets two bottles that day that's fine um do what you have to do but get back to just one bottle the next day if you can and then once women go back to work they go hopefully three or four months usually a baby will go back and forth as long as that mom keeps her milk supply up by pumping in the workplace right there's thousands of women here pumping in the workplace yeah that's great and if there's a a mother who isn't able because of her milk supply or because of work or whatever her situation is that she cannot nurse what do you what do you recommend 
for formula because I know a bunch of mothers who are terrified of the soy. You know, I, I kids are allergic actually to don't do that. I, uh, I believe that's a physician's decision to make. And for I called somebody yesterday. I had a mom with a low milk supply and the baby was not gaining. And I called her physician and she recommended what she wanted that baby to have. So we always do it that way um, rather than us saying it should be Gerber, you know, we're not keen on Nestle products because of the boycott that they did. That we that I mean because of what they did. Wait, what did they do? Well, they 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 were one of the first companies to send formula to third world countries, and thousands and thousands of babies died. So when I was a young mother, because they weren't getting enough, or because, well, they because were it was mixed down. with dirty water, and the babies yeah. got bacterial oh diarrhea's. So that's that's a history, a big, a very important piece in history. And so when I was a young mother, we all boycotted Nestle. So I still would have a really hard time buying a Nestle chocolate thing and good start happens to be a nestle product but you know it's whatever the physician thinks is the best match for that baby Um, and the physician would usually ask if there's allergy and what they find is digested the easiest and the best and there's just i mean there's so many formulas of each brand of formula has many many different mixes so we leave that to the physician and encourage them to settle that what do you say um because obviously there's so much literature and information on how amazing breast milk is for babies and I remember when we were going through our birthing classes they showed us the list of um, uh, minerals and vitamins and there was 400 more unknown entities in breast milk than there were in formula they couldn't even say what some of them were yeah um and and obviously it's it's so good for your baby but then you have people who can't there are and uh, and you, and then they feel such guilt over over that. Yeah, I don't so. know how to help them with that. When I have a client one on one with uh, an, an intrinsic low milk supply, she's done everything she knows to do and what we know to do, and we still have that issue. We just put our arms around her, and I, I would just wish we would come to the day where she can tap a milk bank and be able to provide her baby with human milk. Um, for now, we come up again with some sort of a stop stop the trouble and so if somebody's people are ballsy now they'll walk up to somebody and say, ah, you know, how come you're not using how come you're not breastfeeding yeah and so i encourage them to have that answer ready and usually the answer would be we wanted to with all our heart we tried with all our heart but for us it was a medical impossibility yeah. and so we let it li- stay there so that they don't have to say things like well i have insufficient glandular tissue or i had a mastectomy or a horse i mean i've seen burns and horse bites and all kinds of reasons to for women not to be able to nurse or infertility we have a lot of women who are actually infertile but able to have babies today because we can do iuis and IVIs and you know all these cool things that we can do now so women that otherwise wouldn't have had children can and some of them might not be able to breastfeed many of them do beautifully but we try to help them find that answer and we love them and they cry and we we say this is you know for a woman who wants to breastfeed particularly who finds out she can't that is a dagger to the heart it's kind of like you wanted to have vaginal birth and you didn't there's some grief there but there's tremendous grief also with not being able to fully breastfeed. But so many of these women will bring their milk up to the maximum, and they're so excited about being able to give some milk, mm-hmm. if not all milk. So we've seen so many women, like that woman I just told you about, most women with that situation would not have been able to fit breastfeed, and she just dedicated herself. And I know some women could not possibly do that. Um, and uh, And I've had women say, look, 
I'm going to use the feeding tubes. I'll put the formula in the feeding tube. My baby will suckle up my breast every time, and whatever that baby gets in my breast milk, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. And uh, and they let it go. But there is some grief for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I um, you know, put a post up, and, and I got a lot of response during the World Breastfeeding Week. And, uh, and women feel very strongly. Um, women who... Uh, more so I feel like even having vaginal birth or versus C-section, I feel like women with breastfeeding, it is such a sensitive subject oh, and women feel true. like they are less than if they're not able to, or if they make the choice not to. I mean, it really is uh, a hot something, button. yes, innate and, and visceral. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, <laughs> well, and I, I do have to watch myself. I think I've, I don't want to look at somebody sitting there giving a formula bottle and feel anything. I want, I want my head to go, I don't know her path. Right. I don't know her path. Um, I'm here to help. And as Ellie said, I, we do. We help hundreds of thousands of women to reach their breastfeeding goals and even reset their breastfeeding goals sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I can do with my life. And I hope that when I leave this earth, it will have made a difference. But I don't want to be judgmental. And I think we all have that in us to some extent. So I I try to do a pullback whenever I'm going, oh, formula. I I want to pull back and well and the judgment and not that the judgment comes but but the feeling behind whatever would instigate that is from a from a place of understanding how good it is for them yeah. how good it is for the baby and and I get that I mean I think if we could get to a place where the donor milk and the and the wet nurse were more accepted then maybe more people would just try and to I that. think that's coming I think it might not happen as well as it could in my lifetime, but maybe in yours, um, we do have donor milk, and but it's so expensive yeah. that women can't afford it. And so we know a lot of women are going online, and there's a couple of spots where you can go and match up with somebody and get yeah, their breast on milk. Facebook, I see a lot of messages yeah. about, I've got extra breast milk. If anybody needs it, it's going to go bad in a couple months. If and moms do that at the it. pump station, but we right. can't be involved right. in it because yeah. we're healthcare it's professionals, legal. and and it, it's... Uh, it's one of those kind of things that since the FDA and CDC says right. no milk sharing, you know, you'd want to make sure that there's no backlash. So when moms, I had a mom do it a few weeks ago, just, I said, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my fingers in my ear <laughs> and mm-hmm. somebody stepped right up and took that milk wow. um, that had a little milk supply. So there is a lot of milk sharing going on. Uh, so when it, when it can be done in a for sure healthy way, the problem is that in order in order to destroy bacterial or viruses in milk, they have to they have to pasteurize it, yeah, and that destroys a lot of the good properties of the milk too. Certainly better than the alternative, as far as cow's milk is concerned. It's pasteurized too. So in the NICUs, they're like UCLA Santa Monica and UCLA Ronald Reagan use a lot of donor milk from the milk banks, with, the official milk banks. With your involvement with the mom group those early tender months i'm sure you have seen a lot of mothers come in who are so exhausted and depressed and and what with medication can you breastfeed if you're 
back on antidepressants? Yeah, or? you can. I'm, again, we would look something up. As a nurse, I'm not supposed to say this drug is okay. I have to look it up in my book and read to you what it actually says. And I had a mom this week that was put on something, and we read it, and it wasn't okay. And so she was going back to her physician to say, let's try something different. Um, yeah, we and we do pick up postpartum depression. So many moms are exhausted, tired, and just kind of bluesy and down, which is pretty normal. But if we pick up somebody who truly appears to have postpartum depression, and by the way, breastfeeding is actually helpful in lessening postpartum depression because uh, it's anti-inflammatory, and everything that is treating um, depression is anti-inflammatory. So we try to encourage, and some people will say, stop breastfeeding if you're depressed. It's not the answer. Women will come back going, that wasn't the answer. So we'd love to see them get professional help and get on medication that's appropriate. And they can and still breastfeed. And sometimes it is just life changing to do that and and get that appropriate medication. It was so helpful for me those early months to be able to go and sit in that room with you and all these other mothers for just hours at a time. Did you ever have somebody bring up their... depression and then find yes. out that three other women were also yes. on medication? I, yeah, I definitely because I remember one mother in particular saying, "I went back on such and such drug," and and um, and so that's what I was just thinking of when I was yeah. asking you that. Do you? Um, for me, it was so incredible to see all of these other mothers who like hadn't bathed (laughs) yeah priority for a mother is a shower um and something to eat i mean that's really a priority there there was something so healing about that to not be alone in it and then also to see all these other mothers nursing together and not being ashamed of it and getting to ask all of these crazy and to know that their path wasn't easy i mean that's a big problem in the united states is we sit in our houses alone going what's the hell's wrong with me and we don't realize that other mothers are struggling as well and so to come together like you did and hear that there were struggles um is an amazing thing to do for yourself that was so good it's so crazy because you think having this child expanding your family will of course increase the feeling of uh, warmth and being connected and surrounded and sometimes motherhood isolating isolating and lonely and I think that probably it's as we advance as a society and we have all these amazing you know technological advances and we are doing things that gosh I mean my parents and their parents could have never imagined and it's so great but it has also made us disconnect from each other a lot mm-hmm. more too in that you can just send an email or you can just text and people aren't meeting up and connecting in person and we aren't in our tribes or our communities anymore witnessing other mothers breastfeeding. Yeah, there's a lot about birth. that. We need to be um, we need to be in a community being supported by other people regardless of our age. But boy, in that new motherhood where you're all alone, you're exhausted. And by the way, you're kind of bored to death at times. Um, <laughs> because I always say that it's not about sitting and listening to birds sing all the time. You got to turn on the TV, get a little sex in the city on your, yeah, while you're sitting there the nursing sun. and then get out and, and see people. So that's why it's so cool to have a baby here in this area. And I, I anybody that's listening that lives somewhere else, start this stuff. You can start it. My first two kids, I was in a play group that I did myself. In fact, I'm having a very major birthday on Monday and I am spending a day with my three best friends who I met in my group. 
Awesome. And we're going to do, we're going to be um, tourists in Los Angeles. We're going to take a tour of downtown LA. <laughs> but we have the mommy movies at the at several different theaters where they keep the lights up a little bit and the sound down and everybody's in there breastfeeding. And the one in, in the, at the Grove has a lot of dads too because this is an area where dads don't necessarily work nine to five. Yeah. Um, and then they're all at the farmer's market for lunch and they're having a great time. And then the mothers go back to work and it's a little harder, but we do have Saturday groups for those moms too so and we also have a psychologist at the pump stations i picked up a mom with pretty severe problems this week and i had that psychologist call her right away awesome. and just spend some time talking to her and maybe focusing her on getting some additional help and not being alone in this yeah that's so huge and we you know we're so lucky with the internet that we can look up this stuff in the middle of the night to try to help with the problem solving but internet is not the answer when it, like we need the human connection we no. need to plus be with some of those people. internet sites do not give correct information when you're talking That's about breastfeeding too. and we get stuff i had two i heard two things this week i can't remember whether you are and i i'd never heard of either one and i think i've been to enough conferences and done this long enough that this was odd to me the things i heard so it, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that's that's but it does present a community in in some way but, ways, but well, i think that that community cannot replace no, like, no. human to human contact and and also but you can use it to find places like i mean my mom came down to visit and I said, oh, we're going to go to this little um, play space over here. And then you're going to go to um, this play space and, and go to this little park and go to this thing. And my mom was, we had a different place to go every single day of the week. And my mom said, how do you know about all these places? And I said, I oh, the Googled internet. them. I mm-hmm. look on the internet. Yeah. And so you know what? She went home. And granted, she doesn't have kids this age anymore so she wouldn't really be hearing about them she couldn't believe the amount of spots she found near her home so when we visited she had all these places so mamas get on on your computer and papas too and look up you know the best play spaces or the best parks or the best things for kiddos in my area you'll be shocked at the little amazing and start somewhere yeah, yeah and then you go to those places and you see the other parents and you start up conversations say, did you hear that crazy thing on atomic bombs <laughs> <laughs> exactly but but it's all about seeking out and finding the connection and sometimes it just is a matter of going to one place and finding that little group and you make your little you know community your own little tribe and i mean i've done it in my neighborhood and it makes all the difference the fact that i have like a, some friends i can walk down the street and we join up at the end of a long day where where I'm about to just shoot myself. And it's like, that got dark. Oh, you know, it's just great though. It feels, yeah. it feels I meet so people good all the time who will, I, I, my kids have always said, mom, we can't go anywhere with you. Cause somebody <laughs> always walks up to me and says, Hey, you help me breastfeed my baby. Uh-huh. And it's so much fun. But I, they also say things like, Hey, I still am best friends with the women from my group. Yeah. And that is huge to me. And I, we hear it every day. Yeah. We love it. So yeah. find that. You're so welcome. My much, pleasure. Courtney, for coming on. Bring me back. I had fun. I, I have clients. more to say. Oh, I love it. Oh, you are. You're going to be a regular baby. Get ready. Uh, and I, again, personally, I am so grateful to you. Because I, if I hadn't walked into that class, I might have thought that my child was allergic to my milk. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, I might not have been able to have that bonding experience well, for, you might have quit. with her for a year. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I mean. I might yeah. have quit. And I, you know, did your baby here with sure. And now I've got my dog jumping on Corky, so we're really going to leave. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Wow. take a little break. <laughs> you succeeded. Yeah. All right. What are you?
another great guest on Atomic Moms. <laughs> She's a hoot. She's a hoot. A hoot and I a love, half. I love people that are that are so confident in their character. I feel like she's somebody who has a very, like the barbershop uh, quartet. quartet. No, not quartet, just barbershop, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ensemble or whatever. And she steps up and she is who she is regardless of who you are. Unapologetic. Right? Unapo- yes, exactly. I'm going to learn how to be like that in world watch out. I, I want to. Like when I sit with somebody like that, I'm like, why do I care so much? I need to just sit in my, in my ownness and, yeah, in and our own it. truths. But it's hard, it man. Hard. It's hard. You know what else is hard? All right. I'm, are you ready for my mom session? Yes. Okay. So you guys, I'm almost, well, almost to the point, I guess, of not needing this mom session, but I have abused it and used it and loved it. And it's a diaper bag, but it's kind of a different diaper bag. It's called the Patum. Patum. And uh, I guess the woman who designed it named it after her kids, who Patrick and Emma. So it's P-A-T-E-M-M. And it's a smart, stylish, and practical solution to the diaper bag. There's three descriptions of this. I love every single one of them. Mom invented, award-winning, eco-friendly. Done. I, I'm d- in. Um, and what's so cool about it to me is it's it's this circular pad, and it folds up into itself, and it almost like these little straps like fold around so you can just carry it. And it has all these little pockets around the edge of the um, circle that you can stick your diapers in and your wet wipes in an extra outfit but it's just self-contained so you don't have to have like an extra bag so for me it's great to like just toss under the stroller toss in my carry-on bag when we're on when we're flying and it's really padded so like if you've been on an airplane where they didn't have a changing table and you like disgusting i know you guys but like had to do it on the floor on a blanket on a blanket on a plane blanket (laughs) this thing it gives added cushion like when we're at the park it's great i don't i it's just awesome i can't say enough it comes with such cute little designs and it has become my number one shower gift so all my friends who haven't had kids yet Surprise! (laughs) Okay, and then my mom bomb is, you know, the good old DL, the Dalai Lama. Remember that not getting what you want is sometimes a wonderful stroke of luck. Oh. What's that song? Uh, That country song? Or God's Greatest Gifts or Unanswered Prayers or something like that? No, the song is like, you don't, you can't always get what What you want. But if you try sometimes, <laughs> you'll find you get what you need. Need! <laughs> so bad. Okay, guys. Uh, go for it. Take us out, Ellie. Trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness. And rock on, Atomic Moms. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger. Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to YouTube.com slash WaitForItComedy no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and i love you a few days ago brooke tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and three comments thumbs up brooke 
Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.